This is the Rich Eisen Show. I live, breathe, and eat football. Me love football. <laughs> Me think football great. <laughs> Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. So any player that comes out and says, I've got other interests, they, I, I, I like hearing that too. Today's guests, co-host of the Men in Blazers, Roger Bennett, Fox Sports college football analyst, Joel Klatt, plus host of Fox's Game of Talents, Wayne Brady, and now... Oh, yes, we are here in Los Angeles, California for yet another edition of the Rich Eisen Show. I am your humble host sitting in the chair. Uh, Pleased to be here with you. It's a a big day here uh, because one hour from now, one exact hour from now, I will be making uh, an announcement regarding the uh, fundraiser that I've been uh, fortunate to be able to hold every single year on behalf of St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, Run Rich Run, when normally I run my 40 at the Combine this year. Um, I'm, I'm running it technically at the draft. Um, I ran it this weekend, but it will run during NFL Network's draft coverage that begins one week from today in Ohio. Oh, baby. Right around the corner. Um, so one hour from now, um, I'll tell you... Uh, I've been kind of hinting at it that my run was pretty damn special this year and it's getting bigger and bigger and better and better and uh, I can't wait to tell you about it one hour from now. That's coming up. Um, We're also going to have Joel Klatt on this program one hour and 20 minutes from now to discuss um, the NFL draft and how he sees the quarterback market breaking down. Um, We've heard from so many people over the last two, three weeks, I just had a conversation uh, on the way down here. By the way, Chris Brockman, good to see you, sir. Hey, Rich, what's up? Mike Del Tufo, good to see you back in your chair. And yeah, TJ Rich. Jefferson, good up, Wednesday to you, sir. Good Wednesday to you. Um, that um, on my way down to work today, I spoke to noted, I don't know how he would like to be termed, uh, uh, media, sports media observer, writer, columnist Richard Deitch of The Athletic. Oh, okay. He's interested in the, the draft coverage. That's coming up. He does that every year. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, I let him know about how I'm preparing for the draft. And I told him, you know, hey, talk about it every day on the on the show, uh, which is true. And also a very passive aggressive way for me to promote the fact that I'm doing the Rich Eisen show to Richard Deitch. <laughs> he sees through it. He, he sees through it. Richard is an old hat in this business. He sees through it, I'm sure. So, uh, at any rate, um, I let him know it's my 17th draft that I'm covering. But, um, How many times did you let him know? That actually, he knew the number. Okay. He did. He's been, so. he's been watching. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but the reason why I bring it up um, is, you know, uh, I, I tell him, you know, I prepare for the draft. I talk to as many evaluators as I possibly can, newsmakers. You know, we've had Kyle Pitts on. We're going to have Trey Lance on next Tuesday. He's going to join this program next Tuesday. And I prepare myself through all of that. And by talking to everyone, not only do I hear what they have to say about their evaluations, but I also can set sort of time markers about the process of the talent evaluation portion of the NFL calendar. Normally, I'm, I see every possible draft prospect right in front of me at the combine. Mm-hmm. Usually every member of the combine winds up being drafted. That does happen. 
It's not 100%, but it's around a 95%. It's like it's like kind of Pfizer vaccine uh, <laughs> coverage rate, 95%. <laughs> and... Um, and so I'm. I, I normally see that this year I don't have. I don't have that. You know, working for me. But I do talk to everyone, and I do see, remember. Well, hey, this is when we were talking about uh, Mac Jones being the apple of San Francisco's eye. Day of the pro day of Zach Wilson. Had Daniel Jeremiah on that next Monday because Zach Wilson's uh, deal was on a, on a Friday. I come back from vacation. We were. I was gone that week. You guys were kind enough to be on the air, and. Um, and that was a big to-do. Come back on the air and Daniel Jeremiah and a lot of people think it's Mac Jones. Then, now it's Justin Fields. Now a lot of people think it's Justin Fields who the 49ers trade up to go get. And if not, maybe he'll drop. Now here come the Patriots coming out of the mist to go get Justin Fields if he drops out of the top 10 for some reason. I'm beginning to hear this. And this is the way it works. This is the way it works in the NFL draft because it's too damn long until the draft. Yep. Final day of the draft is May 1st. My, my run, when, when we're going to show the contents of my run, this year's Run Rich Run, May 1st. Holy Kentucky Derby, same day, first Saturday in May. So there's lots of, lots of time for the cycle to go through rinse, repeat, and wash. I'm here. It's Trey Lance. That's what I'm hearing now. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> I'm hearing the kid is supremely talented physically and neck up smart and also really wants to learn. Already talking to people, knocking on doors. What can I learn now? That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing he's proactively searching off out the uh, individuals that um, evaluate to find out what's up. I'm hearing it was might have been Trey Lance all along. Oh, how about that? <laughs> that? That's not nothing. I'm holding something back, Brooklyn. <laughs> how about how about yesterday? Uh, Lewis Riddick was saying, "Who who does he think the Niners should take at three? Who did he say?" He said Trey Lance. Yeah, he did. Highest ceiling out of all of them. Sounds like a guy you would want on your team, Rich. built like a linebacker. Yeah, I know you're trying to get me <laughs> off of the Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'll tell you also, somebody also said, told me that um, Zach Wilson's personality is electric. I'm like, great. If he's electric, why doesn't he come on the Rich Eisen show? We're knocking on the door. Hey, Zach Wilson's agent. How about getting him on here? Calls back. It would make sense I mean, for him he's, to. He's disappeared. It's just like, you know. Like Kaiser Sose disappeared? Yeah, he is. Like, poof, he's gone. And then he'll show up on draft night. Electric personality. Put him in front of New York City right now, everybody. I, I, I'm hearing it's Lawrence, I'm hearing it's Wilson, and that is that. And then now I'm hearing it's Trey Lance. <laughs> Eight days from now. <laughs> yes. And then, and then here's this situation that cropped up 15 minutes ago. This cropped up 15 minutes ago in my, in my, uh, my inbox. Because as you know, I didn't tell this to Richard, I'm locked into the NFL Network. Kind of gets it. Um <laughs> This one came. This one came. This one came from the uh, the the assignment desk. These the the news desk. News blast. Here it is. Nick Sirianni, your new HC of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Uh, who who did you know? Could turn out to be a terrific hire. Might already be one. We don't know. His first press conference. Yeah. 
We'll just leave it at that. First press conference, first impression. I have only one chance to make a first impression. Uh, I think you would take a mulligan on that. Again, I, I, and I should, I should know, I would gold medal, as I, we found out last week, if two-bounce tennis was a sport. Give me a second bounce. I'm killing it. So here's Nick Sirianni's second bounce. Here's the mulligan. Quite a mulligan. Oh, gosh. I know. My gosh, somebody's got to coach him up on, on on what to say to the Philadelphia media. Yeah, it's not going well. Did you see what he had to say? Yeah, I saw it. Asked if Jalen Hurts is his starting quarterback. Or I don't know what the question was, but he was asked, I guess, if Hurts is his starting quarterback. Can you name Hurts your starting quarterback? Quote, to name a starter at this particular time, we've been working with these guys for two days. I looked it up just in case, you know, because, again, as I, I tried to establish at the beginning of this opening of this show today that I am plugged in as best I can just being on this show. Sometimes things slip through the cracks. Sometimes you're, you know, sometimes you're just too focused on a four billion dollar sports venture going down the <laughs> tubes in 48 hours. Sometimes one, one day you're a super league. Then day you're next day you're a no league. Poof. Just like Kaiser so say again, Rich. right? Again. <laughs> One day you think that you're in charge of uh, of of the soccer world because you got a you know four billion dollars coming your way. Next day, the fans of your sport drink your milkshake. They drink it right up. <laughs> Hold on to that. It's called setting the stage. It's called dropping breadcrumbs. But I looked up. Um, oh, I looked it up just in case it slipped through the cracks. Did the Eagles? Sign anyone other than who I thought was on the roster. Look at their depth chart. In terms of the guys that they're working with for just two days, their names are Jalen Hurts and Joe Flacco. Are you seriously talking to the Philadelphia fan base that you're giving Joe Flacco an even shot because you got to tell everyone on your roster that there's competition everywhere. Nothing is granted here. Everything must be earned. We've heard these coaches say these things. We've heard that axiom. These guys on the Philadelphia roster have no doubt heard that since Pop Warner. But when you are coming in, there's two ways to handle this. There's two ways to take this. One, the Eagles are going to draft a quarterback and make it an open competition. And you can't name Jalen Hurts the starter. Eight, nine, ten days before they choose that guy, because that guy might be given the shot at the job. Now, if you tr- if you draft a quarterback, the Philadelphia Eagles sitting there at twelve, never know. Maybe Trey Lance or somehow Justin Fields drops to them. You go get them, you go get him, and then suddenly you got to give him a shot, and you can't just go out and say Jalen Hurts is my starter right now can't put yourself in that box when you're going to go ahead and say now the competition's open things change in the draft you could say that or he just doesn't know how to handle the situation i want you to have my cheese fries you know what i mean so those are the two ways to look at it that one the answer could be you know i've seen jalen here he did a great job last year we have joe here i really like my quarterback room you know Jalen had a great job, you know, uh, what he did last year is giving himself the right to be a top our death chart right now. How's that? That sounds mu- that's much better than what he said. I'm, I've only been with Joe Flacco for two days. Jalen Hurts has changed his number from two to one. I'm just learning things around here. Things can change. 
all I think is this. I just want to say this. On behalf of humanity, I want to apologize to Jalen Hurts. Can this guy get a break? Can he catch a break? Right. And I understand somebody who plays and starts at the University of Alabama has caught a break. I get it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, bench but we all know his Tua. story. I don't want yeah. to go through his whole story from there to Oklahoma. You can, you know it. And then, and then he gets a start in the NFL after three months. Finally. I mean, Carson Wentz disintegrated to the point where his coach, who apparently wasn't talking to Wentz, finally abdicated to the obvious and gave him the start. And he was terrific. Gave him a spark, showed energy, showed an ability to play with an arm and a leg and a brain. It's what you need in this day and age, right? And then in front of the whole country, gets benched in the fourth quarter of game 256, which does benefit Philadelphia coming up next week. And then they even changed some of that extra draft capital they got for tanking game 256 into more capital next year. It's going to work out for Philadelphia. But at the time, we remember the whole big to-do. New guy comes in. We hear the owner saying, I want Jalen Hurts. And yeah, I got two days in. I can't sit here and say Joe Flacco doesn't have a shot. I heard that. I'm like, oh, my goodness gracious me. I just, again, on behalf of the human race, want to apologize to Jalen Hurts. Cannot catch a break. And maybe they do draft somebody in the draft. And then there's a competition, and Jalen will beat the guy out. He should. He's going to beat out Joe Flacco out. Joe's there, you know, when... if they've got to break the glass in 2021. You know what I mean? Joe's there if they lose cabin pressure. That's what he's there for. <laughs> Be sure to put your Flacco on your child first. <laughs> in case we lose cabin pressure. That's what he's there for. Wanted to point that out. (laughs) Now then, shortly before we take a break, we had this gent on two days ago. He was so miserable. His sport was in shambles. He needed a hug. Eating itself alive, as he put it. One of the men in blazers, Roger Bennett, with the Super League having been announced the day before. He was on Monday. The Super League came out Sunday. On our show Tuesday, it disintegrated. (laughs) Right in front of our eyes in real time. We have the video. We put it on our on our Twitter feed. It's on our YouTube feed as well, at Rich Eyes. Another show. poof, guys are so saying. Poof. So many today. The fact that we saw the Super League totally fall apart with $4 billion plus dollars on the line to start because fans said no. I will say this to you in the UK, in Spain, and in Italy, the three countries where super teams said that we'll join the Super League. We in America, we cannot compute that fans say no and billionaires say, okay, my bad. We don't, we, we can't understand. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't get it. We don't get it here. 
<laughs> people in St. Louis yeah. who lost the Rams, people in Oakland who lost the Raiders. We could go on and on. People in Seattle who lost the Supersonics. We, you know, we don't compute. We don't understand it. Fans say, no, 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 that's not the way this sport is conducted. We're the ones who run the sport, not you. We're the keepers of this flame. You're the one dousing the flame. You can go, uh, you can go, you can go pound sand. We don't, I, I don't, I don't quite understand it, but it worked. Super League gone, Roger Bennett back on the program. No doubt jubilant. Before he joins us in the next segment, an apology from John Henry, one of the owners of Liverpool, taking responsibility for his mistake of trying to grab billions of dollars for his bottom line. Again, I don't, I don't compute what happened. It's, if we in America don't understand it, but we, we, we celebrate you across the pond. I have no explanation for what happened. That basically says it. If you didn't hear it, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Roger Bennett on this show. Joel Klatt on this show. The very funny and highly talented host of Fox's Game of Talents, Wayne Brady, hour number three. And my Run Rich Run announcement, top of hour two. Please don't miss it because it's uh, something I'm very proud of, as is also, the pride of everybody who helped put together an event that took place this weekend that involved 16 other people who ran with me. Just like Leon an Airplane, it's getting larger. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Buckle your seatbelts. The fog is getting thicker. That's coming up right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Now... Uh, my friend T.J. Jefferson, you came back from the LPJ event here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. with three, three boxes of Chrome Soft golf balls. I thought, wow, that's amazing. They're all empty. That's just you know yeah. one big empty box. That's okay. <laughs> you didn't take the contents, did you? It's just there for us to actually use. For, I, okay, I'm not really sure what happened. Well, to you know what? There's three boxes of them of Chrome Soft X, Chrome Soft XLS. The Chrome Soft is Callaway's number one selling tour ball. Look at that. They're empty. How dare you bring back these boxes empty? <laughs> it's Callaway's number ball, number one ball on tour, Chrome Soft X. The amazing greenside action gives elite players precise shot workability. The original Chrome Soft is the number one selling tour ball because most golfers love the combo of incredible distance Soft feel and short game control. It's some, something I use. because, And I feel the difference when I hit the Chrome Soft. And then the, the new Chrome Soft XLS. That's Callaway's longest tour ball. Low spin profile. Max distance off the tee. Short game spin that is tour level. Chrome Soft isn't just better. It's better for everyone. Find your Chrome Soft today at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. And do not bring large boxes of golf balls back empty. Please, ever again. My bad. No, no, it's it's okay. I'll get through it. Fun stuff. CallawayGolf.com slash ChromeSoft. Roger Bennett when we come back.
Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Will Farrell and John C. Riley. Good to see you, gentlemen, right here. Very much. Uh, very much you. good to see you, too, Rich. Yeah, right back at you. Yeah. Great to see everyone. Well, Not just you, Rich. I have a friend who, when he sees someone wow. coming towards him, like in a room that yes. he's supposed to know, he can, mm-hmm. he can tell I'm supposed to know this person, but I don't. Mm-hmm. He goes, There he is. <laughs> there he is. How are you as a ref, though? Strictly what's called an AR, mm-hmm. uh, assistant referee. So I'm the guy who runs on the sideline with the flag. I thought AR meant <laughs> whole ref. Well, that, that's what... The shorts are pretty short, the too. Are I mean, they're stocked in length that, right there. Look at that ample thigh. <laughs> that's a ham hock yeah, right there. Look at that. That's ready for har- That's ready for market. So you um, might want to smoke that for a couple days. You guys want to slice? Put some hickory around it. <laughs> you know what I would genuinely love for you as a second career, if you ever decided you wanted a second career, finally be a broadcaster, be a, someone who's calling color, right? Rich, maybe you could give me a break. I mean, that would that would boost ratings for whatever sport you were talking about. What if about? I took over the Rich Eisen show? Ron Burgundy did help announce the national curling finals in Ottawa, Canada. And they had all these ads for Tim Hortons Coffee, which is a big coffee chain for our our Canadian listeners. And um, I just kept saying, all the signage, I'm like, who the hell is Tim Horton? (laughs) (laughs) Who does he think he is? Is there any possibility that we see a Step Brothers sequel? We haven't never talked about this uh, face-to-face in public. No, we haven't. (laughs) let's, Let's break some ground here. Uh, are we going to do Step Brothers too? I, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen either. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah. Put up the Photoshop anyway. Oh, oh, you one. make sense in that world somehow, Rich. <laughs> 
That's fun stuff back in the day with uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. <laughs> 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Our radio audience returns in just mere seconds here. Joel Klatt, Wayne Brady in hours, number two and three, and my Run Rich Run um, announcement coming up in now 40 minutes time. The reason why I'm we're waiting is a release is coming out at the same time, Chris. It's called a coordinated uh, campaign. I've heard of it. You understand that? I've understand. So a release is coming out from the NFL Network. It's called a, a blast. I'm going to blast that thing out. By the way, one other thing that uh, Nick Sirianni said I saw during the break here uh, to measure the competitiveness of uh, prospects he was talking to on Zoom, he played rock, paper, scissors with them and apparently wasn't joking or the joke fell flat. I haven't seen it. Is it too late to bring back Doug Peterson? I Is mean, it? maybe that's that's how they decided Doug lost. <laughs> and then know, they hired Paper they... covered his rock. <laughs> back, back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, okay, so... As I said in the first segment uh, of this program, we here in America do not understand the concept of fans standing up to uh, the billionaire class of sports ownership and saying, we don't like the plans that you have for the sport. And the fans are, what's the word for it? Listen to. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And to see the Super League club owners pull out of the Super League uh, within 24 to 48 hours, some, was quite something. And today, we have seen a parade of um, statements on Twitter apologizing. Wow. Saying they're sorry. And then there's this video from John Henry where it, it, it looked like he did take over, you know, uh, a space that, I guess one of his brokers um, has. It's like a very nice uh, office setting with a flower in the back. Very strange. Uh, the, 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 uh, one of the owners of Liverpool FC saying this. I want to apologize to all the fan supporters of Liverpool Football Club for the disruption I caused over the past 48 hours. Goes without saying, but should be said, that the project put forward was never going to stand without the support of the fans. No one ever thought differently in England. Over these 48 hours, you were very clear that it would not stand. We heard you. I heard you. And I want to apologize to Jurgen, to Billy, to the players, and to everyone who worked so hard at LFC to make our fans proud. They have absolutely no responsibility for this disruption. I mean, they'd throw this script out in this town. <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Two days ago, this man came on the show and he said he needed a hug. Now he's the one giving out hugs and hugging everybody. From Men and Blazers, we had to get Roger Bennett back here on this show, and he's back here on this show. How are you, Roger? Oh, it's <laughs> a great day to be alive, Rich. It really is. Do you hear the people sing? singing a song of angry men. Holy crap, I, what have we just lived through together, Rich, in the past 48 hours? Just a roll from horror, stupefaction, darkness to joy, collective wonder, and a just rising up, f fans rising up to protect everything 
that we love. You look at this Super League, and I'm sure right now there's planes of Super League merch, T-shirts, caps with a logo on, flying off to a country where, uh, you know, everyone's wearing New England Patriots undefeated season T-shirts right now. (laughs) XFL, Quibi, Fire Festival... Ben Askren, they all lasted longer than it, and it is, and it's bloody wonderful. <laughs> what if I had told you before we hung up that the next you're going to come back in two days and you're going to be introduced by a John Henry apology video saying the whole thing's out? I mean, please. Was that John Henry or was that Frido Corleone with his <laughs> comms team after betraying Michael? And then just trying desperately to be like, yeah, I know I did that thing, but I'm sorry. I mean, it's, um, all I know is, I don't know if it's lockdown or, you know, in lockdown, football, which we've always said is the most important, least important thing, sports in general. We've always known its place, but it's become so immense, just a sense of global connection when an incredible goal is scored. You know you are connecting to people all over the world, the narrative, the nourishment, the meaning. And I will say, yesterday, Chelsea Football Club were about to play. They were one of the six teams that were breaking away, going to form their own super European Super League. Mm. And the Chelsea fans stormed their own stadium, milling around, preventing their own team, who they love. They love their team. They prevented their own team's bus from reaching that stadium. Storming around, chanting, six greedy bastards, you've ruined our game, with banners that had noticeably dollar signs on them, not euros. You know, they were aiming this at the Premier League owners, who happened to be American, the leaders, the Kroenke, Stan Kroenke, the Glazers of Tampa Bay, John Henry of the Boston Red Sox. It was very clear to them that it was the American owners who were at the heart of it all. And then news broke, news broke that Chelsea were going to be the first club to pull out within 48 hours. And a roar went up on those streets, Rich. A roar, a joyous roar. And I can't tell you how much pleasure, how much... I'm shocked by how dark this has been for me personally. And I'm shocked by how giddy... How delighted! How many beers were smashed open uh, yesterday afternoon, and it's uh, it's a remarkable thing to relive with you. Roger Bennett, Men and Blazers co-host at Roger Bennett on Twitter here on the Rich Eisen Show. I guess the only analogy, because you know, as <laughs> as you know, we here um, in this country we do not commute, compute. Okay, we do not compute that fans say no, and billionaire class ownership says okay. And um, I guess the only equivalent was, and just to use, I guess, the Stan Kroenke um, equivalent, is that Rams move from St. Louis to Los Angeles. Uh, Fans in St. Louis say no, but the fans in Los Angeles say welcome, and we all move on. It just seems that basically the fan base was being left behind, and there was no relocation, physical relocation, just relocation in terms of the construct, the pyramid, as they use it, the phrase in, in football um, in Europe. And, and that's where the conundrum was, maybe for these American owners, that you still need the fans. You still need that. And how, I guess that's, was that the reckoning? Is that, is that an appropriate somewhat, way to put it here or somewhat, what? Rich, I, mean, I, 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 I do find, you know, I love American sports. The greatest day of my life, becoming an American. I adore it. It was 
Chicago Bears winning the Super Bowl, that Super Bowl winning team that changed the, the course of my life, made me dream of moving to the city that William Refrigerator Perry and Walter Payton were storming around. I love, you know, the White Sox. I love American sports as much as anybody. But I've never quite understood the compliance of American fans of, yeah, I'll just lift my team up. Yeah, I'll sling it around. And just St. Louis, you just you just suffer in silence because we don't want to hear your mo- your moaning. We're the Los Angeles Rams now. I- I- I've never understood how that occurs. And I'd say that one of the shocking things, and ultimately the fatal mistake, is these owners announced that they were doing this. J.P. Morgan were backing this. A fortune was to be made. They instantly lost every stakeholder in the game, not just the fans, who I'll get to in a minute, the media, obviously, but club legends, managers, their own players spoke out. That's it. It would be like the Rams leaving and the players saying, hold on a minute, we, we don't do this. Former players, broadcasters, the government, even the royal bloody family rich spoke out about this. And the fatal mistake, and I'm fascinated by this, this is the story still to be told, having spoken to a couple of owners in Europe, they planned this. They thought about this. They had a phalanx of lobbyists in government poise, PR specialists. They had bought whole Ukrainian bot farms to barrage across social media. Why? The Super League was such a wonderful idea. It's quite funny to look at those tweets on, Twitter, on social media now. But of all the complex scenarios that they planned for, the possibility of their own fans... It was that their own fans turned against them. Clearly never crossed their mind. They thought the only challenges would come from supporters of other clubs, the, the lesser clubs, the unsuper clubs who've been left behind. So Liverpool, there's another team in Liverpool, Everton. They're the Mets of Liverpool. I happened to support them my whole life. They thought the Everton fans would be up in arms and they'd be able to laugh at them and say that that was just, that was just envy. What they didn't bank on was Liverpool fans rising up and saying, no, that the club, that's not what they stood for. They wouldn't be leaving the history behind, the memory, the traditions. And it was really a historic misread, Rich, perhaps the biggest in global football club history. The English football fans, they didn't know their own fans are tribal, passionate, devoted, and how deeply the clubs are built into the fabric of the cities. They're not afterthoughts. Their fans are not customers. The games are not just content. And the American owners have tried to treat English fans as if they're just extras in the background of their movie and they weren't having it. The author of the forthcoming memoir, Reborn in the USA, an an Englishman's love letter to his chosen home, Roger Bennett, here on The Rich Eisen Show. So what next? What's the aftermath? I mean, because we were joking yesterday, there's a... You can be like Costanza and Seinfeld just showing up to work the next day. Like, oh, hey, everybody. You know, like, I mean, what, what does happen now? It is fascinating. Last night, Manchester City, who are owned um, by a, a, a Petro State, were the second team to, uh, to, to walk out on the Super League. And the UEFA, the governing body UEFA, incredibly corrupt. Let's be clear. There's no good guys <laughs> in this. There's no... I mean, this is like Dr. Evil and Dr. Evil up who are, we're really seeing fight here. Uh, the UEFA president issued an instant statement saying, I welcome City back into the European football family, <laughs> which is predictable but still shocking because 24 hours earlier, Manchester City were the defectors, the turncoats, the devil 
you know, greedy, hell-bent on destroying football, but because they jumped off a sinking ship, they were being hailed as, as heroes. It's as if no one's watched Game of Thrones and, and saw what happened to Littlefinger in the end. <laughs> so, so you've got 14 unsuper teams in the Premier League. They need to, first of all, work out what they're going to do with these six returning uh, kind of defanged um, alf beaters who thought they were alphas. And they've got to work out how do they punish them. Will it be a financial punishment? Will it be points taken off them, which I don't think it will be. But you can see um, that the spokespeople for the game, your Charles Barkley of of English soccer, your Shaquille O'Neal, there's two of them. There's a guy, Gary Neville, who happens to be a Manchester United legend. And his statement last night, he said, the Glazers have no place left in Manchester anymore. The Glazers have no place left in Manchester anymore, is what he really said. And, um, you know, the Glazers are putting out video. They, they put out statements, a, a very a poor one overnight that was not well received, that showed no contrition, a longer one that was clearly not written by the Glazers about an hour ago. And then the, the Shaquille O'Neal of English football, Jamie Carragher, who happens to be a Liverpool legend, is on the you know, is the host of every big game. He said, I don't see a future for the ownership of FSG at Liverpool. I really don't. They're making it worse for themselves the longer they hang on. And that's why you get Liverpool owner John Henry dropping the apology video, trying to take blame solely on himself. It wasn't anybody else. I've learned my lessons, though. I'm never going to forget. And it's fascinating. FSG, I want to say, this is what I don't understand. And and this is the one piece I need to know a lot more about, is... They are owners who are deeply sophisticated. They are owners who had to work so bloody hard to earn the trust of Liverpool fans in the first place, Rich. I don't know if you remember, but Liverpool were run by another pair of American owners, Hicks and Gillette, uh, who ran the team into bankruptcy and just utterly, um, you know, arrogant, ignorant, incredibly destructive American owners. And FSG worked so bloody hard to earn the trust of Liverpool fans. They took them on three years of unbelievable glory, a Champions League win. And then, you know, this is a team that were great in the 70s and 80s. 30-year title drought ended deliriously. It's hard to believe that it was less than a year ago. All of that goodwill for it to be frittered away so quickly, so devastatingly, and so self-destructively, bridging, taking that bridge between them and the fans and just setting it alight, it is, it's, it's utterly befuddling. It, it is. Uh, I guess the the moral of the story is don't don't mess with the uh, the English soccer fan is what it seems like. That's the moral of the story is do not mess with the tradition. It doesn't matter. So so uh, what are you going to call the uh, the Super Team Six from now on? I mean, is that what they're called? Is that the way it's going to be from now? It will now not on? be forgotten. It will definitely not be forgotten. Yeah, I'm from Liverpool, Liverpudlian Scousers. I want to make it clear to people who've never been there, it's an incredibly beautiful city. It's like the Baltimore of England. And we, we are, you know, we're talkers, we're dreamers. But my God, if there are Olympic medals handed out for grudge holding, we would medal every single Olympics. We'd be like, China, you know, what China are to ping pong, we don't forget. We don't forgive. I said this to you on um, whatever. God, is it really only Monday? Two though? days ago, Roger. I, the world I, spins fast, sir. I said to you, you don't F with scousers. They will come to you. They will come to Boston and they will destroy. 
And, you know, the, 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 so the, it won't be forgotten. It really won't. There's a, there's a lot of talk about changing the ownership structure in England and whether the, the, the fan trust should be given ownership. There's also the dark side that this is just the Ewoks winning the battle for Endor and there's a whole <laughs> war ahead. And, these, you know, we've just won this battle, but these issues are going to rear again. UEFA is still deeply corrupt. I mean, it's Tammany Hall. And slowly, slowly, next year, they'll get what they want, but just through, so that everybody gets their cuts. I want to be clear, this is, not, this is not ultimate glory. It's a beautiful moment. And I talked on our podcast today about the, the poet, Eduardo Galliano, incredible man, Uruguayan um, poet who was obsessed with football. And he wrote something which I've thought about a lot. Ultimately, these owners have watched empty stadium sports for the last year. And you know, the broadcast rights have played well. They, they, they can sell the, the, these games to China. They can sell these games to Asia. They can sell, you know, in America, we've loved every second, even though there's no fans in the stadium, fake noise. And I think they made a fatal mistake. And Galliano wrote in one of his books, Football in Time of Sun and Shadow, he wrote, have you ever entered an empty football stadium? And this could go for any America, American sports stadium, too. This is not just football. You know that. He said, try it. Stand in the middle of the field and listen. There's nothing less empty than an empty stadium. There's nothing less mute than stands bereft of spectators. And that memory, that deep connection, that emotional feeling, just that generational um, uh, utter devotion to the team, that is ultimately what the American owners, uh, I mean, either forgot or just had yes-men around them who didn't bring it up. As a, I'd love to have been around that board table, Rich, when they're like, this is what we're going to do. Uh, and not, not one single person, you know, tried to at least scenario change and be like, but what about the fans? That is, that is perhaps the most staggering element of this whole story. Roger, thanks for the time. Best to Michael as well, to the, or the men in Blazers. Um, and I guess we'll talk Friday? I mean, uh, is that the way it can work? We'll have yeah, you back on Friday? Be, there could be a super-duper league in place by then. <laughs> Who knows how football works? But well, I will say, God bless America, and uh, I'll be back when America win the World Cup next year, mate. Well, now that, you know, we can have Pulisic play, you know, <laughs> he's eligible again for those 48 hours. We're like, damn it. Oh, it's my gosh. Just the Ewoks winning the battle for Endor, Rich. Godspeed, courage. <laughs> Same to you. There's Roger Bennett, everybody. <laughs> wow. That's a good one. The Ewoks the have Ewoks. won the I mean, battle for. Ewoks. You go Ewok. Although I think, do you, that, remember that drop that you played before the show? This is, this is exclusively um, the fans of... Uh, in the UK, uh, responding to the Super League uh, owners. Go for I it. I drink your milkshake. I drink it up. There you go. <laughs> Bye. There will be blood if they try something like this. How about that? What a story. What a story what a of hours avarice and, by the way, a business plan, quite honestly, makes sense. You got a lot of money. You want to make more money. We all do. All of us. There's not a single soul who says there's enough money for me right now. I don't need to make more. I'm good. <laughs> and you could make more money and decrease the risk of losing more money. 
Yes or no? You want to try that? Sure. Sounds good. (laughs) Except they did not read the room. The only misread of the room that could even compare to this that I know of is T.J. Jefferson saying, hey, do you remember Luis Gonzalez? You guys remember Luis Gonzalez? That he did yesterday before the show. <laughs> saw that he is the Super League ownership. I saw that coming. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. So I'll turn around. I'm going to step outside and tell the people that are just literally standing in my shop behind me to move five feet to the right. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'll take your phone calls. It'll be a great break. I'll be right back. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I want to play a celebrity true or false with you, Terry Crews. We have some stuff from some previous interviews of yours and then on IMDb pages and stuff. I want to know what's true and what's not. True or false, Terry Crews, your first job was as a sketch artist for a local news station in the 80s. True or false? That is true. I started sketching for the station and they put me on the worst murder case in Flint, Michigan history. I was in the courtroom. I did the courtroom sketches. Did you see the uh, sketch artist that uh, from the Deflate Gate case <laughs> no, with, with, with the, Tom Brady? Yeah. It's right oh, up there. Yeah. Oh my God, no. Yeah. Come on now. Well, he probably was hungry. You know, he was, he was hangry. <laughs> Uh, another one, you worked on the set as a bodyguard for Cube before he cast you on Friday After Next. Is that now, a true story? Now, that's true, but the bodyguard sounds sexy. Okay, it, it was security guard. Like, I had a T-shirt with a flashlight. Bodyguard sounds like suits and all that. No, no, no. It was no. more like I was, like, watching Cube's car. He's like, hey, man, make sure my car stays there. I'm like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> And I had my batteries. But this is the thing. I made sure all my little, like, polo shirts were really tied up good yeah, on the, the arms. Medium. Yeah, And they were like, yeah, they were medium. <laughs> all medium shirts. And they were like, oh, I look so amazing. And then he cast you? Then he put you in? And then he put me in Friday after the next. What was your role in training day? Oh, I was an uncredited gang member. That was it. I was walked on the set to watch Denzel work. And the director, Antoine Fuqua, said, hey, man, you know what? I'm going to put you in this movie. You, you down? I was like, okay, okay. So he, t- he said, take your shirt off. I took my shirt off, and I was the guy on the roof that was uh, flip, flipping pigeons, and the whole thing as Denzel so came down. You just walked on the set to I, see Denzel work? What I are you see, I had a friend who were, who was like a location guy because uh-huh. I was doing security, Yeah, and he was like, man, you want to watch Denzel tonight? I was like, yep. See, this is the thing. A lot of your success just comes from proximity. You know what I mean? You can be broke anywhere. I decided to be broke in L.A. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And a lot of great things happen. Good stuff with Terry Crews, everybody. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the Rich Eisen Show. So, 
How you guys doing over there? I talked to those people right over there. Did you take care of it? Rich? No, I mean, uh, I, I asked them at some the point if you wouldn't mind moving. Just like literally five feet to the right or the left. I mean, we're good, right? Brockman and I yeah. were, we're, we're like, they could regulate. not be more Out like, in, like I'm like the the gentleman in blue is talking to the gentleman in uh, <laughs> like they're they're directly there. Oh, you can see it's yeah. a two camera shoot. Like literally the two cameras and where they're standing is in the small sliver of space that the only way you could see them on the Rich Eisen show. Yeah, they, Wait, they, so it's almost that. like they planned it. They like planned that, it. But they didn't, obviously. They, obviously yeah. they didn't plan oh, it. They, they don't know. know. It's they, easily fixed. But you can't see in here. To no, they don't know. They're, they're just no in the middle of the it's square. Just, yeah, it's yeah, called no, happenstance. No, 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 no. Everything's. I mean, I have a, we have bats and clubs in here. I mean, we need to go outside. No, they couldn't have been nicer. It's all good. It's all good. See, Do you need me to go outside? Shot, right? That's what I'm asking. We will be well, back to the Rich Eisen show. We're all talking about what I said to the crew that's right behind me. Honestly, like we're 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 I think we're the only ten people that are here. The <laughs> people out there, and then us in here. I mean, you're our Ron Burgundy. We will so take care everything's of fine. They said they would move. It's all good. I went out there and I said, "Do don't." Well, don't you know who I am? <laughs> right, right. And I told him I was nominated for a sports Emmy yesterday, yeah, congrats, and they said Rich. we'll move right away. Mike, were oh, you way, nominated yesterday? Yes. MLB. You know the fun- live event sound. The nice. funny thing about that, Rich, is the dude in blue. I watched this. He turned his back to his crew, not knowing because we have our blinds down, yeah. and he opened up his pants. Oh, to he tuck tucked it in. No, no, yeah, yeah. He yeah. just went to tuck his yeah, shirt yeah. in, so wow. he's like doing that all the time. But he turned around. There's no whoa, whoa to it. So he turned around, but it was it was a full. It wasn't a full front. No, 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 no. But it was just like he turned around thinking he had a little bit of privacy, but he doesn't. There's a whole peacock audience. Hey now, everyone, we were peeking. <laughs> hey now. I understand. <laughs> hey now. Oh my. Hey now. Hey now. Oh my. Wow. Hey, that's what they say. We should we need to pivot here on Peacock. So we're pivoting. <laughs> he, pivoted he pivoted. On Peacock. We gotta pivot. Pivot well, on the Peacock. Hey, that's all we did yesterday was Pause. pivot. We were As pivoting. One all over Super the place. League team after another was dropping out. Dominoes. And Manchester United apparently is still the only club that hasn't taken a second crack at at the apology letter. They did? They took a second crack? Oh, okay. Joel Glazer sent out a statement. Oh, okay. The first one didn't have uh, didn't have the apology. I still can't believe that John Henry video. I mean, the... I am sorry. I take full responsibility. Yeah. I am sitting in front of wow. a potted plant, and I, <laughs> An hope, I hope you don't, you know, space. hold it against me. And I'm in witness protection right now, but I'm good. Yeah. Man use first statement. How about this? This comes out as everything's falling apart. <laughs> Manchester United will not be participating in the European Super League. We have listened carefully to the reaction from our fans, the UK government, oh. and other key shareholders. We remain committed to working with others across the football community to come up with sustainable solutions to the long-term challenges facing the game. That's it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Joel Glazer this morning sent out an open letter to the fans that Roger Bennett accused him of not writing, in which there was an, an apology. All I know is season five of The Crown is going to be dynamite, along with season two of Ted Lasso. You know how many people said to me, hey, Rich, you see the Ted Lasso uh, trailer? There's a swipe at the Jets at the end of the Ted Lasso trailer. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. I, I don't want to spoil it because everybody go see it. I still need to see season one. Well earned by the Jets. Oh, I deserve swipe. Dude, how do you... We're, we're back at it at the top five altars taking a swing at a quarterback three years later. It's, it's, 
in terms of the draft where you know it takes three to five years to figure out whether somebody's good enough. Yeah. Darnold, 2018, 2019, 2020. It's 2021, and you still don't know. He's still not evaluated completely. Well, they traded him. He's gone. That's what I'm saying, though, yeah. is you still can't tell how good of a draft prospect Sam Darnold is. Drew Brees is going to the Pro Football Hall of Fame based off a legendary run that started with his second team, right? It took a while to evaluate Drew Brees, one would say, as a prospect a in the while. league. Yeah, he's he getting, was hurt. He, yeah. His first ballot Hall of Fame. So the draft, it takes this amount of time. So you're calling... The Jets coming back and taking another swing at a quarterback with a top three pick is kind of like the Super League. The Super League lasted two days, Yep. right? Yep. The Jets coming back and tra- taking another swing at a top quarterback in the draft top three... Three years later, name me another team that's done that. Name me another team. That's giving me an idea. i got to reach out to NFL Network Research. Tell me the last time a team chose a quarterback, top three in an NFL draft, three years apart. Three years apart. 2018, it's four drafts technically. In four drafts then. Three years apart, four drafts. Tell it to me. Last team, we choose a quarterback, top three in a draft, we're back at it four drafts later. So, yeah, I mean, people are like, there, Ted Lasso's making fun of the Jets. What is the other punchline in the league, in the NFL? Take it, absorb it, accept it. Hope you get it right with Zach Wilson. And no more over the next eight days <laughs> are you crazy. allowed to turn to me to say, well, uh, maybe the Jets aren't going to do that, TJ. I'm- Just because I did that to you with Kyle Pitts, which the Cowboys still should do. I'm just saying Trey Lance already has a green helmet, Chris, right? Right. Oh, so Correct. Looks good in green. Wouldn't have to change his, probably the color scheme of all his like, workout gear. And he probably everything. has like a green iPhone case. Oh, most definitely. Look at that. Hey, Look, Looks great. Excuse green. me. Excuse me, sir. Your team's trading up for a quarterback. You hold. I hope it's this guy. Okay, you hope it's that guy. <laughs> Number one. And you. you I'm good. You, sir. I'm good at QB, You, baby. sir. You, sir. We got our guy. You have, I'm forget about quarterbacks, but you, sir, my Jets have won more playoff games Uh-oh. since oh. you last won a Super Bowl than your team. Five to you one. may not You've talk. Got one my Jets, You've got one my ring. Jets, my one. Jets have made way more championship games. How many championship games have the Cowboys made since they last won a Super Bowl? Zero. So How many times did Mark Sanchez you take have the Jets to championship ring, games? Though. One, two, you can't two. even get in the and VIP. And Jimmy Testaverde took him to one as well during that reign. You can't get in the VIP section in the club with you, one Super sir, Bowl. You, sir, don't make this Staten Islander sound like I'm from Hollis, Del Queens, Tupo, about the Cowboys. VIP? Nope. He ain't getting it. You don't get a Not VIP. with one band. ring, no, man. One ring, you're out in the line. <laughs> Joe Klatt's <laughs> coming up, hour number two wow. on this show. And a big Run Rich Run announcement coming up. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I've had enough of T.J. Jefferson. I've had enough. Look, man, I you do not want me to place the New York Jets playoff success. I will put anything the Dallas the Cowboys, Cowboys Jets have. Excuse me. Come on, man. This ain't even the contest. Excuse me. In the from, last 25 from years. From 1996 there, it it, to 2021, <laughs> since I arrived on the set of Sports Center. There you go. Yeah. I arrived on the set of Sports Center in 1996. I have been a professional sports broadcaster at the national level for a quarter of a century. And done 17 drafts. Yes. See? Emmy nominated. Emmy nominated. Put it all together. Exactly. And I know in the last quarter century, the Jets 
being a punchline of Ted Lasso, and, and rightfully so. Way more moments of playoff success than you, your sir. Your team has never you. won a Super Bowl in your lifetime. Like, your entire life. Like, it. you don't know what it. it means to sip from Lord Stanley's Cup. Like, you've never stood up on the top rope of WrestleMania holding the belt up. My team, at least in my lifetime, <laughs> I've got <laughs> to experience four oh, Super Bowls. Absolutely. Like, three of them I remember very vividly. So, you know, to yes. anyone who says that, yeah, we may not have won, but what has your team, and I mean anyone else out there who's not the Patriots or the Steelers, what is what has your team done Packers, in Packers. all those years that my team hasn't won? And we still Giants, have Chiefs. five Super Bowls. So, you know, hey, whatever. What if, Jerry Jones, if Jerry Jones took those three and spread them out over we all this going. time. As Janet Saints. Jackson sang Saints. so well, what the have Saints. you done A for A team that used to have their fans in paper bags since the, the last time the one Cowboys won a championship. One. What have you done for Please. me lately? Please. If it doesn't matter, Please. then why do we keep stats? There's an entire generation. Why, why does it matter? Why do we even care then if it doesn't, what you did? No, no, no. Trust me. I'm the, I'm the king of the Yankees have 27 world Yeah, so what are you talking about here? Because I'm talking about since 1996, a quarter century of life. You and I, my team's had more success than yours, and my team is rightfully a punching bag. All right, bag. so what if we go and 30 team, years of life then? Okay, then, then, then obviously. Well, we go 40 years of life. <laughs> 25 years is an excellent slice of life. Years. Yeah, it's that's a long, long time. time. Long time. Very long time. Long time. Almost hey, two different bar mitzvahs. You can, can rent be a car. And yet? All right. I come to work today to have to box my way out of the corner. At least I got to tell the guy in blue to stop opening his pants up. I got to help him out.